So Ruth from Preston, Idaho, <laughs> years ago, yes. I got a letter. I didn't know you. No. And I read it and uh, I can't tell you everything it said, but I do know that you had come out of Mormonism and after that we've become friends and we talk on the phone. We've been with you up at your place with your beautiful home in Preston, Idaho. And Thank you. so I'm just going to ask you to take us through your life and because I've heard it and it's really important, the <laughs> things that you bring to the table about having been LDS in that community, marrying, raising children, your sons. So go ahead. Okay. Um, I was raised LDS. I lived in a small community um, called Weston, Idaho. Um, I didn't know anybody that wasn't Mormon. Mm. Um, my parents um, were non-active. They were not active. And so we were like a, uh, had, um, we weren't too accepted into that community because my parents drank beer and, and, um, and so praise the Lord for the LDS church that was there. It was the only church that was in our town. It was completely, uh, no other churches in our community. And um, at four years old, I would get myself across the square um, and go to church by myself. Um, I learned a lot of things at church. I learned a lot of good things. Uh, I learned a lot of things about Jesus huh. and that Jesus loved me. And this was um, probably in ni about 1950, someplace in there. Mm -hmm. And I believe in 19, about 1954 is when the correlation department started uh, to, to take hold. I could be wrong on that, but somewhere in 54, 60, 1960, somewhere in there. Um, but we did used to hear the stories of Jesus. And um, I loved Jesus and I knew he loved me. And there were other things I learned at church and that were, some of that was uh, ostracization. I was ostracized because of my family, because of my parents. Um, we didn't have the priesthood in our home, um, but I loved the Lord. And hearing the, the lessons every, every single week of, in primary strengthened me in the Lord. Um, we didn't own a Bible in our home at that time. We didn't, and at, at that time in the church, I don't believe the church really taught too much about the Book of Mormon. Mm. Um, it didn't used to have a, another Testament of Christ on it. It was just the Book of Mormon. And I was a Mormon. Uh, I wasn't a Latter-day Saint. Um, we didn't start the church in, in that little community, didn't start calling itself the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints for sometime Whoa. thereafter. Mm. And I was proud to be a Mormon. Um, I loved the stories of Jesus. Um, I didn't know of him as my elder brother back then. Mm. Um, I, like you, I didn't really like to even think about Jesus as being my elder brother. That mm. pained me also. Mm. Uh, but it was later in my life that I learned about that. Um, so my family, was separated. My mother left my father at an early, at an early age for me. I was eight. Mm. Um, my mother left my father. My father was, I believe, 40 years older than my mother. Um, wow. And my mother left, and we were left with my elderly father, and he was a dry farmer, and he um, 
he did the very best he could for us, but eventually um, his health wore thin. Um, he had four little kids, the youngest being four. Uh, I was eight when my mother left. Um, I had an older sister that was 14, and then I had a brother also that was 13 months younger than me. Hmm. So it was a great uh, opportunity for the saints to step in and, um, but that's really, and step in they did to some degree, but life was hard. My, my bringing up, my, raise, my childhood years was, was pretty rough. Hmm. Uh, going hungry a lot, um, uh, the comforts of life was, was not in, I, I, we didn't have the comforts of life. And I'm proud to say that we didn't. Um, hmm. I, I learned so many things from my Savior uh, in my youth uh, that now I see those trials uh, as blessings. Um, we did get separated. We got put in homes. Um, it's terribly painful to be ripped away from my father. I loved him very much. Um, I loved my brothers and my brother and sister also. Um, and so then on to my older years, when I started working, was old enough to work. Before you go to that, okay. <laughs> in your home as a child with your dad, uh, and by the way, what's a dry farmer? A dry farmer is a farmer that has, in fact, my father uh, homesteaded his mm. dry farm. Mm. And it's, it's where you, you farm dry and let the rain. It's non-irrigated. Oh, wow. He did have irrigated ground. Uh, he had hundreds of acres on, on uh, Big Hill mm -hmm. in, in Weston. Mm -hmm. um, he eventually lost that farm um, when we were put in homes. And um, we were put in uh, numerous homes. Um, and uh, it was a complete community, almost, of Latter-day Saints. Mm. Um, so my, my take on kindness and human kindness and all that didn't come from the actual human kindness. It came from the stories of Jesus. Mm. And it came from Jesus being in my life and sending angels to protect and guide and direct us. Mm. Um, you really don't know um, until you've been there um, how destitute you can get, you know, mm. in um, not having food on your table or having not having, um, you know, windows in your windows and and wow. and things. The cold was cold, and anyway, but I'm I want you to know, and I want the audience out there to know that I'm grateful for those trials now because it has made me come to know my Savior uh, much more than I I would have. Wow. Had it been easier. Wow. But then I met the love of my life. My, my dear and sweet husband of 50, almost 54 years, Brent. So you started working. How I started old? working. How? 15. 15. Mm -hmm. I, used to, uh, I was paid 60 cents an hour. Uh, <laughs> that's really something. 60 cents an hour, you know. It took my whole paycheck to buy, buy Brent's wedding ring. Um, <laughs> but, and, that, and it wasn't a very expensive ring. Mm. Uh, but yeah, um, we knew each other about oh, almost probably upwards of uh, two years before we got married. Okay. 
And how old were you when you when you you and Brent? I was married? seventeen when 17? I married Brent. Mm -hmm. The love of my life, by the way. And embarked on life with Brent, and then kids. Mormonism. Mormonism. How strong? Strong. Uh, Brent and I got married in '64. Uh, we married in the temple at '65, 1965. Um, I found out later he really wasn't as vested in the Mormon Church as I was. Mm. But he played a good game because mm. he did all the ordinations, he did all the baby blessings, he did mm. all the, he, he was in the temple when our sons were sealed, mm -hmm. he was in the temple when they went on their missions. Mm -hmm. uh, he played a good game mm -hmm. if, you know, and he now he says he didn't dare tell me, but um, yeah, we, we, were, we were pretty active Mormons. Mm -hmm. So the boys, you raised them active in the church? Yes. And did you and Brent hold callings? Yes, we did, mm -hmm. and I was, I think, I taught primary at the mm -hmm. beginning. I started teaching primary, then I was in the, on the state board, and, and it taught Relief Society, uh, and then, you know, a lot of primary, a mm -hmm. lot of primary teaching, yeah. and a lot of Relief, a lot of, uh, Relief Society board teaching, mm -hmm. teaching the lessons. Mm -hmm. I did a lot of studying. Mm -hmm. I just studied uh, what I think now was the wrong thing. I should have been studying the Bible. Any, uh, well, you know, the, like you said, the Lord's leading you. Yes, He is. So you're yes. young, you're a child, you resonate to Jesus and the teachings. You actually uh, had a relationship with Him and so far as when times got tough, you're saying that He guided you with angels, He protected you, He led you, He was with you. And then as you marry Brent and you go on, did you feel any disconnect between maybe not the relationship you had with Jesus, but the teachings of the LDS Church and your personal relationship? I did. Uh -huh. Yeah, I, I really uh, loved the way it was when I was four, when, when the trials were tough, because the Lord was, was He was in my life um, daily. I mean, not, and I learned how to pray at an early age. My parents taught me how to pray, by the way. Mm. Uh, even though they were inactive, they taught me how to pray. I, I knew about praying verbally and, and, and getting down on your knees in front of your family and praying. You know, my father taught me how to pray. Yeah. My mother taught me how to pray, um, but also the church. But they did it uh, in a very different way. Um, more, um, they were more restricted and more uh, constricted and, and they had a, a lot more rules. Uh, and I kept all the rules, mm. all the rules. Mm. I found out later I, I really am a sinner. <laughs> mm. I'm a sinner saved by grace. Um, but if you were to make a checklist of who, uh, who Ruth was, uh, she was everything that ch the church told me to be, mm. everything. And it was that, that's just because you wanted to please the, the church and be righteous, or is it because you really wanted to do, keep all the rules because you wanted to please Jesus? I wanted to please Jesus. Wow. I wanted to please Jesus. And I'm just going to say this. I hope this isn't offensive to anybody out there because I don't want to offend my family. I don't want to offend anyone that's watching. But um, the church really did get in the way of my relationship with Jesus Christ. Mm. And I'm sorry to uh, have to say it that way. I don't mean to imply that, that they tried to get in the way, but 
I got so busy um, keeping the commandments that they put before me, uh, making sure that my children were at primary and making sure they had their talks and making sure I had my lessons prepared and, and uh, making sure that we had family home evening and, and uh, a list, a, a whole list of things that I, I lost who I was. Mm. I lost who Jesus wanted me to be mm. because I was too busy running around pleasing everybody else mm. um, and trying to be. And of course, um, I used to be threatened uh, that if, if I didn't obey the rules, I'd be taken away from my dad, whom I loved very much. Mm. Um, uh, the Relief Society would tell us, um, you know, if this house gets dirty, because my dad remodeled a home for us after my mother left. Mm -hmm. uh, and we used to fall asleep at night thinking that we're gonna have central heating and we're gonna have running water and we're gonna have sheets on our beds. And, and we, we would dream of the necessities of life. And, and um, when we did get that home, uh, my dad's health failed mm. some. At, at that point, he was, I don't know, maybe 80. <laughs> I don't know about how old he was, but, but he was old. Mm -hmm. um, and um, we eventually did get taken away from my dad, even though we kept all the rules. Wow. It became a real important um, thing for me. So then as a mother married to Brent, you kept all the rules too? Yes, I did keep all the rules. Mm -hmm. And um, I taught my children about Jesus. Um, I had a wonderful husband. I've had a wonderful life with my husband. Um, two sons served missions. Mm -hmm. Tell us uh, about the boys. How many? Three sons. Brent and I had three sons. Uh, beautiful stair-step boys, sort of like Laser and Samson. Mm -hmm. You know, one more in there, you know. And um, we were really happy as a family. And my, my boys, our boys were handsome. Mm -hmm. tall and handsome and and we we loved being a family mm -hmm. rod went to indiana um rod came home brian went to new zealand and brian didn't come home mm -hmm. brian didn't come home from his mission he was killed on his mission and um of course after abiding by all the rules raising your family um to the best of your ability and having faith that the Lord would take care of your son while he's on his mission, um, it was quite a blow. Uh, Can't imagine. To our family, yeah, it, it was quite a blow. Um, and in fact, Sean, um, we couldn't even get his body released. Um, uh, the, the State Department the government, the U.S. Embassy, the hierarchy of the Mormon Church could not get Brian's body released. And uh, he stayed in New Zealand for, um, I don't know, four or five days before his body was, before it became a mother's plea. Um, and I had a, a legal pad with which I, I had step one, step two, step three that I had to follow when I called uh, New Zealand to get Brian's body released. And at that point, we didn't know if we was even gonna be able to look at Brian's body because of how long it had been. Mm. But they did put a veil between his dead body and 
our view. Mm. And so we was able to see our son and to know that, that he had been killed and that indeed was him, yeah. which was a blessing. Uh, and just having his body after not being able to get him was a blessing, Sean. It, yeah. Just having, knowing that we could lay him to rest mm -hmm. was a blessing. Um, so that was a pretty hard hit. Um, but the Lord provided. Um, and there's things that I will tell you, Sean, in private, but the Lord provided for us to, um, for me, to know that all was well with Brian, mm. our son that's on his mission. Mm. It, was, it was provided for me. Praise God. Praise God. And You're a very spiritual woman in all of our talks. You have a, the veil is thin, as the Mormons say, between <laughs> you and God. Yeah, well, um, he loves every one of us. Amen. He loves every one of us. And, and I love my family, and I love my children, and I love my grandchildren and my great-grandchildren. And I would never, ever do anything to hurt the relationship. Mm-hmm. But I can't deny my Savior, Sean. It's, that's, that's what it is. Um, I want to bring them to the understanding that I have. Um, I can't deny him. Um, I love him. But I love my Savior more. Um, I know he's the way. He's the way for all of you. He's the way for all of you out there. He is the way. And I, I am a preterist. Mm. Uh, I didn't come about that, that in over a long period of time. Mm. I read Brother Hill's book. Mm -hmm. I prayed to the Lord. I asked the Lord to show me the truth. The Lord showed me the truth. Uh, and it's, it's interesting uh, how much he will show you if you're willing to listen. Amen. I wasn't listening, Sean, mm. back in the day mm. for the the 40 years wandering in the desert with mm. the Mormon church as my guide. Mm. And I, I apologize to the Mormon church, but there's, there's been a lot of, of hurtful, painful things they've done to people. Mm -hmm. I'm not mad. Our son died in 1987. Mm. That's a long time ago, Sean. Mm -hmm. You yeah. know, if I would have been mad at the church over that, I would have left. Mm. But I came to know Jesus. Mm. I came to know him and love him. You mentioned that, uh, and c gently actually, that the church got in your way. And, and that's a really good way to say it. Because a, a Latter-day Saint would say, well, we, we know we pray in Jesus' name and we have lessons about Jesus. How could we get in our way? We were providing ways for your children to know mm. Jesus and, mm. and to go on missions for Jesus. Explain what you mean by that. You get in the way by putting yourself up with all your works, mm. by seeing yourself as being your own little saviors as, as uh, all that you can do. Why look at me? I go to the temple twice a week. I hold a recommend. Why look at me? Uh, look at me go. You know, I'm the best. I'm the best teacher. I'm the best way. I don't even need anybody. Look at me go. Mm. You know, I just have to please A, B, and C and answer yes to all the temple questions, which really, if you answer truthfully, uh, I don't know if any Mormon can really answer those questions truthfully mm -hmm. uh, when you go in to get your temple recommend. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm talking sure. about. It was in 2015 when my last temple recommend expired. Um, so I, I, think th I think they get in the way because they aren't real. It's not real, it's a shadow. As Sandra Tanner would say, it's not reality, it's a shadow mm -hmm. of 
what you should be, mm. what you sh you know, it's, it's make-believe, playing church. Mm. Yeah. And you got tired of that somewhere along the line. The, the passing of your son didn't do it. No. 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 So what, what did it? What, what, what was happening? Obviously, the Lord was in you, probably born again as a child, patiently let you grow up and go through everything that we do. Amen. What was he doing in you? What was happening um, was the news and uh, Todd Compton's book in Sacred Loneliness. Um, Brent and I had two copies of that. I ordered one, not knowing I had one that had been given to us. Huh. Saw we had two copies. Uh, and Brent and I read in Sacred Loneliness, which was the plural wives of Joseph Smith, which at the time I didn't even know Joseph Smith was a, was mm -hmm. a polygamist or a polyandrous. Oh, or oh boy. I didn't, I didn't know any of that. So, and then the news, the news, uh, bless their hearts. They have a way of opening up your mind just a little teeny bit. So you, I never looked, Sean. They told us not to look. I didn't look. Mm. I didn't look at anything. I, no one told me anything. Mm. I didn't know Joseph Smith was a polygamist. I didn't know Heber C. Kimball had given his daughter to, uh, to mm. instead of giving Violet, Violet to, to Joseph Smith, mm. he gave his daughter, Helen Marr. Mm -hmm. I mean, what is this, you know, putting... So all of that, Mountain Meadows Massacre, found out about Mountain Meadows mm. Massacre. It just all came rolling in, mm -hmm. and when the the last straw was was when they came out when you, the LDS Church, came out with your policy against the children wow. of LD, LGBT people, because I was one of those children, but my parents weren't gay. But I was shunned. I was shunned by you, the Mormon church. I was shunned by you because my parents didn't do what you thought they should do. And when you came out with a policy against the children of gay and lesbian couples, not them, the children, and then you turned around and said you didn't do it. That was the last straw. Because I know what it feels like to be shunned. For 15 years, I knew what it felt like to be bullied on the bus. Now, I've got some anger in me right now because it's nonsense to be ignorant and mean to children. I'm sorry, Sean. Don't be sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, you don't be sorry. I know what that feels like. Why would you want to shun a child? Why would you want to do that? They're innocent. And why would you baptize them at eight? That's another thing. That's a whole other thing. Because they really don't know completely. Okay, Sean, I... I don't apologize, it's beautiful. You're speaking the truth. You, I mean, this is why you're here. You're sharing a side that most of us haven't experienced at, at the hands of a religion. And no. you lived it. And I lived it. deep, painful stuff. So I'm assuming that when you saw them do that again to other kids who don't have the perfect parents, boy, that, so that's what really got you. That's what got me. Um, 
that's what got me about uh, the LGBT community. Uh, I have no judgments of you, LGBT community, because I am a sinner. I'm sinful because I'm, I'm born into this world. And who are you to point the finger at anybody else? And yet you do. And yet you do. You say you don't, but you do. You do it. You did it. You lost the opportunity to feed me from your table. I watched through your screen doors while you ate. So feed the sheep. My glasses dropped, Sean. I apologize. Feed them. Feed them when you can. Love them while you can. And certainly don't make them pull their gold teeth to pay their tithing. Sorry, Sean. You're doing wonderfully. Uh, so you and Brent read in Sacred Loneliness. You we became did. inflamed by these ad ridiculous administrative decisions. And what'd you do? And by the way, you said, I'm a sinner. I did am. Did you always think you were a sinner? No. No. Uh, tell us about that. I thought I was a half-baked sinner. <laughs> you know, yeah. I thought I was, I had, I had done everything they said to do. But how can you do everything? I'd done everything. Do if I looked at pornography? No. Have I paid my tithing? Yes. Have I attended church? Yes. So how do you get to the point to where you think that you can walk to a lesson that is being held in your downtown churches, in your conference centers, how can you pass the poor while you're going to a lesson that teaches about loving the poor? And then you walk right back out of your meetings, you walk right past the poor. Did you hear what they told you in your lessons, in their lessons? Are you applying it to yourself? I am so grateful that I found your show. Had you not called me, I was so grateful that you returned my call, Sean, mm. and prayed for me. Mm. Uh, I'm so grateful that I must study the Bible and find out and know Jesus. That's where it's at for my children, for your children, for any children. Find a Bible, study a Bible, read in John, Jesus. He is the good shepherd. He is the one. He's not a sheep herder. We had sheep, by the way. We had a whole bunch of sheep. We had 10, 10 ewes. We had 18 lambs at the time. We birthed our lambs. Our sheep knew our voice. They knew our voice. They didn't like the stranger's voice. They'd run from strangers. But they would come to Brent especially. But that's because he's such a loving Good shepherd to the sheep. Jesus is your good shepherd, Sean. He's our good shepherd. Amen. We run to him. We rest beneath his wings. We're protected. Not in some stone building that is cold and, and, and yeah, we'll shun you if you're a, a child of, a, of somebody that drinks or somebody that's LGBT. <laughs> Only Jesus. Only Jesus. That's all we need. That's all we need. Isn't that beautiful? It is beautiful. Mm -hmm. People don't 
don't really want to believe that. that. They may want to, but they really can't. How come you can believe it? What is it, what is it about you, Ruth, and our discussions over the phone these many times, and how have you come to know it's only him? Well, um, he has spoken to my mind. He has spoken loud and clear into my mind. They thought maybe said? I was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> they always think the people who hear from God are crazy. What he said to me was at the time, when I, when I heard his voice, uh, he's spoken to me and impressed upon me many times, but I heard his voice permeated my body. It permeated my soul. I heard his voice in my right ear, loud, loud, but not harmfully loud, mm. just solid. He said to me, don't worry, daughter, it won't be long, and you will see him. And he was referring to my, our son, Brian. And I thought I was going to die. Uh, maybe I would die. Mm. I was reaching for the door to go into the house. I had been for a walk. And as I went in the house, he said that to me. And the people that was in the house said, Ruth, Brian's body has been released. Mm. Well, three days afterwards, I was wide awake and had a vision. And I know you probably think that sounds... No. <laughs> I was wide awake. I was praying. At, I was playing the piano, and uh, my son came into the room, and I uh, I told my husband it was like 7:30 at night. This is 1987. I told my husband um, Brian's here, and he came in to where the piano was, and I stood up and I said, "Can you see him? He's right there." And my body, my body filled with light. It was as if I had fluorescent tubes in my arms and down my legs and in my body. My body filled with hot, white, wonderful, beautiful light. Um, and I said to Brent, look at my arms. They were glowing white. He couldn't see it. <laughs> he couldn't see it. And uh, at the minute I spoke, the light, the light, gathered itself and was gone like that. Mm. I would never, ever speak if that ever happened to me again. Mm. Don't speak. Revel in it. Mm. It's the Spirit of the Lord. If, you, if I would have known I was going to see him. Mm -hmm. You know, I was on my knees a lot. Mm -hmm. But had I, had I known I was actually going to see him, yeah, I would have prepared much better. But he gave that to me. What but he's always been in my life. Hmm. Believe that. Yeah, completely. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a marvelous story because you've been through some real hell. Yes, I have. But you've also been gifted by him, almost as if he's balanced it a little. Yes. A oh, little yes. Bit. Hey, you know. Oh, yes. Real yeah. hell. Losing a child. Can't imagine, can't imagine. But, yeah. and then having that experience, what do you think now in terms of your son and his, his afterlife existence and where he is and how he is? All is well with my son. Uh. <laughs> it's our son. We know that. Uh, that isn't the only time that we've had uh, spiritual things happen to us. But Brent and I, um, we know that we were meant for each other. 
Um, he is my gift from God, uh, Brent. Um, and he recognizes it, and I recognize it. And God has blessed our lives. Um, and now we know him. We know who he is. And we will see our son again. We've been promised by the Lord. What more do you want than that? It's not a meaningless promise, Sean. No. No. Can I uh, interrupt uh, here and say something? And I want our viewers who watch to remember just a couple things about what Ruth has said, and that is their son was on a Mormon mission doing Mormon missionary work, sharing that when his life was taken. And his mother, and I believe her because of our conversations and knowing her and Brent, she's, she knows he's, in, he's real, beyond good. Beyond good. Beyond good. Yep. We make a huge deal, and I have made a huge deal out of attacking, I know, but it's Jesus. Yes, it is. He's had the victory. Yes. He won your son. He won you. Yes. He won Praise me. Praise the Lord. He has won us. Yes. Yeah. Yes, he has. And we can revel in that. Yes. Yes. It's just a phenomenal message. Yes. You're out in Preston, Idaho. Yes. In a beautiful, one of the first <laughs> properties that you see coming into Preston, a beautiful place. I mean, the home is meticulous. It's gorgeous. Oh, thank you, Sean. Brent has done, you've done interior, all that stuff. There's people out in that area and you're opening your home. And as I said, we came up there with Warren and Suzanne and we had a meeting there. Yes. Uh, now that's primarily LDS. How are you getting by? Where do you go to church? Um, <laughs> I don't. I, uh, I did. We did. Tell uh, us about that. Well, it felt so much like what we had just gotten out of ah. uh, brick and mortar uh, that we prefer. Actually, we, we go online. Mm. We watch you. We mm -hmm. watch your show. Praise God for your show, Sean. Mm -hmm. um, you don't know how many people you're touching. Mm -hmm. We watch Warren's show, Breaking Bread. Mm -hmm. We've watched... Uh, uh, Earl Erskine's show and mm -hmm. Han Sister Han mm -hmm. Doris. Doris Hansen's show, all of them. Mm -hmm. And Brent and I really found fa family there with Earl, Bishop Earl. Mm -hmm. um, when Bishop Earl gave his 17 minutes, mm -hmm. that was one of the first things I heard was his testimony mm -hmm. about the Book of Mormon and how it didn't match. And I would, I would recommend any Mormon out there go to the 17 minutes with Bishop Earl Erskine mm. online and hear his testimony and a man of good report. Mm. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, yeah. a man that wouldn't lie, mm -hmm. you know, and it, it had a, a big impact on Brent and Such I. a convincing presentation. Mm -hmm. I mean, even for me, and I'm so, I just, it's so convincing about just the kind of guy he is, like you said. Yes. And yep. he's just saying, listen, this is what I went through. I think that's done a great deal of enlightening among the LDS people. <sighs> We'd open our home up to them. If you want to call us, um, we're right on the south end of Preston. You probably know our, you know us if you're from Preston. Um, you can find rest at our house. Um, we won't tell anybody if you want to know more about Jesus because you're afraid that you'll get shunned also. Um, 
We're putting the phone number to me on the screen. You can call me if you live in that area. <laughs> We've done had, that again. It's okay. We've <sighs> had uh, uh, people who have come up from Logan and other places there. So we want to encourage this, this gathering up in different homes of believers in that area. So you can call that number and I'll put you in contact with Brent and Ruth and they can set up the get together and et cetera, et cetera. We would love to do that, yes. So have you, uh, you, you don't, how about the fellowship? Do you, do you uh, lack that since you're not participating in a, in a church up there? Um, well, as you can tell, I'm getting old. Okay, so I like, I like being quiet now. I've, I've been out in the limelight of life and been out in the world and I like being quiet and I like being uh, in the study of, of, the, of the Bible actually. And, mm, I've, I've got Brent, which is a blessing. Mm -hmm. you know, he has me. Um, we have a, a family, but we don't fellowship too much. Mm -hmm. um, we fellowship a little with you and, mm -hmm. you know, maybe we'll fellowship down in Logan. This is only two se 2017. It's yeah. only been two years. Yeah, it's just new. Yeah, we're, we're babes. Yeah, mm -hmm. and um, I, don't re I don't mean to hurt my family. I don't mean to hurt anybody that's in the Mormon church, but really come to know Jesus. Read John, I read it. He's, he is the way, mm -hmm. yeah, not what you can do. Yeah. He's finished it, he's done it. Mm -hmm. Anything else? You just gave a great, uh, 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 speech to people, which, you know, I would give the same one, know Jesus. And uh, what do you think about someone who says, well, okay, I'm going to take Ruth up and I'm going to pursue Jesus and I'm going to continue to be a Catholic or a Baptist or a tongue-speaking Pentecostal or a Mormon. What do you say to them? I say you can know Jesus and be in those churches. Mm -hmm. I believe you can know Jesus, but I believe you will eventually mm -hmm. uh, you will eventually be able to get away from your training wheels. That's what I will tell you. You mm. will put your training wheels aside and you will ride the bike and feel the wind through your hair all by yourself mm. with you and Jesus. He will steady you. Mm. He will be your rock. He is the one. Mm. You will be able to take your training wheels, which is your churches that you're leaning on. You will be able to put them aside. Mm. Yeah. So or your preacher. walker. She's a preacher, baby. I, I mean, I'm getting inspired here listening <laughs> oh, to you. Really, yeah. really, truly. Any final thought? Take a sec. Be in silence. Just take a second. Final thought. My final thought is that I want to praise my Heavenly Father. I want to give all praise to the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ for saving me. And I know you might think I'm cheesy and I'm, I know you might be laughing at me, but serious, it's serious stuff. I would say to you, learn who he is. And I would pray to him uh, to continue helping me, Lord, and to help all those that can, can hear my voice. Um, continue in that and praise be to God. Amen. Praise to him. We'll see you next week here on Heart of the Matter. Bye. I'm on a ride. Going nowhere.
I am an existential cowboy on the wind And I won't be coming out, I'm going in This man's awake, a storm's arising The dawn's awaiting till a hundred 